I gotta tell you, I just bought these. <laughs> Did you forget we're doing a show? I forgot. Yeah, I'm like most of America. You think we're? <laughs> you think we're hanging out on purpose? Like I I'd know. hang out with you? We'd hang out if it wasn't no, for the show. We would. No, we would. only Monday nights. Bachelor. Really? Boom. Welcome back to the Gentlemen's Dojo. Oh, yeah. Oh, to yeah. my left from Detroit, Michigan. He has the body of a substitute lesbian gym teacher. Very true. He cuts his own hair. Very true. He looks like he shops at the Rosie O'Donnell collection. Very true. From Lane Bryant. Uh, Gary Cannon. And to my right... My good friend who, got to be honest with you, I've bonded with over the last few weeks because of a little show called The Bachelor. Yeah. We love watching Our it. Our new favorite. Over there to the right, from Pittsburgh, PA, that's my good buddy Steve Byrne, everybody. Uh, thank you guys so much. Last week is the beginning of, look, we're always going to interview our friends, our other comedian friends, if somebody has something cool that we want to discuss, but we're thinking, we'd like to talk sure. to people that have a job. Look, if you work at McDonald's, I'd love to talk to you if you work at McDonald's because I'd really love to know what goes on at McDonald's. I would love to talk to an Uber driver. I'd love to talk to an Uber driver, He's too. I'd love to know all the adventures that you may or may not have. Uh, is the rate hike surge pricing, is that all real? You know, what are the things I can do to swindle some good deals out of an Uber driver? Do you work at Arby's? I love Arby's. Should I eat Arby's? Yeah. Do you work at Arby's? Tell me about Arby's. Will you Long eventually John work at Arby's? Yes. You shut up. By the way, I got screwed. By the way, speaking of Long Uber, John Silver's, by the way, that's the one restaurant where they could go, don't eat Long John Silver's, and I'd still eat it. You still like, would? It's so disgusting. Yeah. Don't eat it. The cod is not real cod. It's like, uh, you know, it's like baby dolphin meat. It's Who like, cares? I'd still eat it. If I, I could douse it in vinegar, I'm still eating it. What about Arby's? That's a good place, Oh, too. I love Arby's. Yeah, Apple, that's This so is good. my all-star meal. You have an all-star meal from... I here's my fast-food all-star meal. Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets. Mmm. McDonald's fries, Arby's apple turnover, and a milkshake from In-N-Out. Ooh. That's my all-star fast food. Do you have an all-star fast food? I, I, don't, I, I still, I'm going old school because I still love, like, the Big Mac. I mean, I still think that that's a great sandwich. Although, the burger you and I had that one time at your McDonald's. Oh, that, yeah. That, well, I don't know the what new the taste crafted was. menu? Oh, I couldn't Voila. believe that that was a McDonald's burger. Although, I would say, I would go with the original chicken sandwich from Burger King. Oh, the long one? The old yeah. one? Just Still mayo so and meta. But lettuce. then they 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 kind of screwed it up. Remember they came out with an Italian one? Don't. Yeah, they had the, the marinara sauce on it. They don't. Didn't need to I do loved that. Meg Ryan before all the surgery. Don't try to upgrade me. Didn't need to do that. Yeah, but don't need we're, to do speaking it. of Uber, I was going to tell you this. Uh, I You ever have this? Well, yeah. the problem was my brother was in town a couple weeks ago and he was going to the airport. He was going to summon an Uber and uh, nothing available for a little while. And I had to wake up at night to take him. Yeah, because nothing, couldn't find anything, and then he was going to order, like, an Escalade. Right? What are you what, what's I'm the just purpose saying, of the story? I, well, I'm telling you because you were saying the Uber's What a hero you are to a family member. I woke up. Jesus yeah, yeah, yeah. Christ. Yeah. The, that that story me, is you, horrible. We'll edit it. We, no. You still owe me $56 for that Uber SUV that I took oh, in Chicago. Oh, fuck you. So, so anyways, today, right. we're going to talk to my good friend, Pete Kelly, who is a uh, a police officer out of the great city of Chicago. We were just there two weeks ago. Yeah. And, 
you know, a, as we have last episode and what we want to do, these new frontiers that we want to uh, accomplish here, if you have a job that yeah. is interesting, please tweet us at Canon Comedy, at Steve Burnline. Even if it's just a mundane job, you think there's nothing exciting about my job, we'd like to talk to you. We'd like to talk to you about insurance policies should i cover my home in california do i need earthquake insurance yeah. or is that another scam, that scam when i already have homeowners insurance right do i need flood insurance or, you know just anything I, I i like to know the tricks and trades because every business you go into if you go if you work at a cell cell phone store i want to know about the different packages that you that i should or should not get is that you know, the iPad thing, is that a complete ripoff? Do I need to get the package for that, for example? So, right. you know, what is the best family plan, for example, at Sprint or whatever? Well, I think the, the, the well, you and I have talked about this a hundred times. I think the biggest scam is when you're performing in town and on the website you see a buy button. It's like, come on, you, you just wait a couple seconds and those tickets will be free. Um, but we were very excited. We had Bryce on last oh, week God. and he talked about the hotel industry. I like how I just don't even, li I just plow through and just, you know, you it don't just, even, it's out in the air. I don't even laugh anymore. It's just like, here we go. Because you My career's in the shitter, according to you. It, it isn't? You share a car with your girlfriend, <laughs> I have a pool in my backyard, and I own a house. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Wow, you're cranky today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. My God. Are you just mad Olivia got kicked off The Bachelor? Don't take it out of me. <laughs> I did like Olivia. I did she like her. She was great. So our idea, right, obviously we're going to still interview comics and friends. And yeah, every now and then. But I'd like to explore this new space of yeah. real estate where any job you have, any occupation you have, we'd like to talk to you about it. So hit us up on Twitter, at yes. Steve Byrne Live, at Can Comedy. Let us know what you do. Yep. Um, and we'd love to talk to you. We'd love to know the tricks of the trade and how we as consumers or customers going into that situation – how is this going to benefit us? What can we do to avoid the pitfalls that these companies? I are setting always up for us? think I'm getting ripped off. Always, like, like even if I just go and order a pizza, like my pizza's eighteen dollars. Well, and you know guy... what sucks? You go into Pizza Hut, right? Yeah. And then you go ahead, you, you order the pizza. It's like eighteen ninety nine. Yeah. And then somebody walks in. It's like they get the same meal for five dollars because they have a coupon. And the coupon is yeah. like literally on the front. And had you just give me the, had I looked on the desk and gotten the coupon and walked up, I would have saved five bucks. But yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. It's like things like that. And they're not going to tell you. They're not going to tell you up front that there's a deal going on. No, no. The, the people – I remember one time I, I was dating a girl. This was years ago, and she called up and ordered pizza for us, and it was like $35 from like a pizza hut. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that, that's unheard of. I mean, unless you're catering a children's birthday party, that's unheard of. And I yeah. said, did you ask them if they had any specials? She said, no, I didn't think about it. It's like, <laughs> but they should have led with, here's what we have. Like, Of course, yeah. We were literally paying full price for the dough. <laughs> just so ridiculous. <laughs> we were the only ones in the history of Pizza Hut that paid $35 for a pizza. No, here we go. Uh, Pete, are you on the phone? Pete, you on the phone, bud? Yes, sir. Thank you so much for calling. By the way, Pete is not only... Uh, uh, one of Chicago's finest, uh, a great cop. Just he's he's been to the Sullivan and Son shows. Uh, he's also been he has more credits in film and cinema, really, than I do in all the years. I I've been in comedy for eighteen years. Yeah, can you tell us the the movies you've been in, Pete? Not only movies but television as well. Uh, well, I've been lucky. I met some really cool people out at my job being a policeman downtown Chicago, and. Uh, 
Uh, I started off in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street in, in <laughs> 2010. Awesome. We did a remake. Yeah. And then uh, I was in Transformers uh, Part 3, Transformers Part 4. Uh, I did a scene with Matt Damon in Contagion. That's awesome. Um, and then been on a bunch of TV shows, Chicago Fire, Chicago Police. Um, and then, of course, I was the head of security for Jerry Springer show for eight years. <laughs> it's so awesome. This is the greatest. Yeah. It is so awesome. When you're, when you're, you know, when you put that badge on, did you ever think that you would also be part of the entertainment industry? Because you're literally on everybody's television set every day. You, you, you're on yeah. TV more than me or Gary. Definitely Gary. <laughs> but you have more credits than yeah. both of us combined. I think we're going about this career path the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move to Chicago. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> if, if you look at just the Springer shows, I have, you know, 1,200 hours of television. That's wow. Cool. That's unbelievable. And, and, and I know that it's just probably just all one big blur. But is there one or two guests that absolutely stand out to you that you will just oh, never yeah. forget? You're you're absolutely right. Like I'll see a picture posted on Facebook or something of just some like outrageous midget with horns on her head or whatever. <laughs> Somebody will bring it up, and I'll be like, "Yeah, I don't remember that." They all kind of blend into the same. Um, the one the, the one crazy thing we had happen was uh, we had this lady came on the show. Her name was Grandma Rap. She was old. She's like seventy five, and she came out with like this skirt on and started doing a rap on stage. Well, while she was rapping, she was so nervous that she started shitting on the stage. <laughs> so she's up on stage and she's rapping and turds are falling on the floor. Oh, my oh, God. So now Jerry doesn't see it. So I'm like motioning for Jerry. Watch out for the shit. Don't step in the shit. And, uh, you know, the poor uh, the poor grip had to come up during the commercial. And luckily, he just swept it up. And so, Grandma. Her, but I don't think... I don't think that was in his job description. So after the show, her name now is Grandma Crap. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, wait, so curious. Are those, are those fights genuinely real? Are they really going at it? You know, here's what it is. It's like these people have a conflict or have a real, you know, like the guy cheated on his brother's wife. The conflicts are real. A year right. ago, but they want to be on the show. So they're like, oh, we got a good story, and they come on the show. Well, once we get them to the show, the producers separate them into different rooms, give them 10 Red Bulls, give them all the cigarettes they want, and then they start telling them, oh, man, your brother's still thinking about banging your wife. I, I saw them outside smoking. <laughs> right. They get them all riled up again. Right. So when they come on stage, they are fucking raring to go. Like, they attack each other. <laughs> But then they go back after the show and they high five each other and have the great time. right. It's, right. It's, it's, I think it's called like the the walk and talk, right? Like they want them to come out because I've had friends that have worked for other shows like Maury and like they mm -hmm. want them coming out walking and yelling and screaming. And then if you see at the end of the segment, they're just you know hugging each other and everything's great. But but by the way, were right. you jealous that Steve Wilkos got a show and you didn't? Well, <laughs> I, I luckily I got my job because of Steve Wilkos. When Steve got his own show, they needed somebody to take his spot, and Steve recommended me, so I owe it all to Steve. Oh, that's awesome. I came on the show and took his spot, but I also worked his show for a year, and then they decided, like, well, Steve's going to be the tough guy. We don't need Pete anymore. We're going to make Pete the guy on Springer. So, oh, that's funny. In the first season of Steve's show, he would call me up on stage to throw people off. Pete, you know, get, get this guy out of here. 
Well, then he started doing it, so that worked out great. But it's I funny because they'd be like, "Yeah, let's get Pete." Uh, Pete's actually filming a scene with Matt Damon right now, so he's unavailable. That's awesome. Yeah. And by the way, all those shows moved to Connecticut, right? That's where they all are now, right? Yeah, halfway through my my thing, we all moved to Connecticut because uh, NBC saved a whole bunch of money. But we, I, so many questions because how did? But we obviously wanted to get into the the bread and butter of other things. But how did you get the job on Springer? How did that whole thing come about? Uh, well, when Steve Wilkos got his own show, he, they asked him, do you have somebody, can you recommend a cop or somebody who could take over your position? And I came in and auditioned for it, or basically talked to the producer, and he's like, you're perfect. You're going to be the head guy on Steve's show and then fill in on Springer. Well, when they saw me work and saw me do what I do, they said, you know what, we're going to take you off Steve's show and make you the main guy on Springer, so... I was the head of security on Springer for eight years. Did they really need security, or it was just kind of more of a ruse, kind of like to, like, hey, look at what we, I mean, did it really get that bad, or, I no, mean, was it? Uh, you have to be, I mean, that's a tough job. People don't realize, they're really going at it. They're going full force. Right. And I was getting hurt and scratched, and, you know, I messed up my neck real good, and, I mean, it's a, that's a, they're really fighting. Has anybody ever pressed charges out of that situation while on the show? Or is it just like when you're on the show, you know what you're getting into. Uh, this is the way it is. Yeah, they know what they're there for. You, They don't even have to tell them. They oh, wow. know why they're there. Now, what was, of all the things you've done in entertainment, what is the proudest thing you've done on screen? Uh, well, <laughs> Won an Academy Award. I mean, I had a real career, and everything I do is fun. Um, probably the highlight was when we went with Jerry, we got to do the WWE Monday Night Raw. Oh, wow, so, yeah. Like every little kid growing up, I loved wrestling when I was a kid. You know, I lost touch with it over the last 10, 15 years, but when we got to go, it was incredible. We got to meet Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat. Oh, yeah, that's all awesome. All kinds of things, yeah. That and you is... know my partner, Jason, he came with me. We did the show together. And uh, our job, there was a big scuffle in the, in the ring, and me and Jason were supposed to hold back this wrestler, Chris Masters. So he comes up to us and he says, hey, can you guys do me a favor when you hold me back? Make sure both of you hold me back because I'm supposed to be the tough guy and it doesn't look good. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. So I remember... we get him in the corner and we push him back. Well, he starts climbing the ropes while we're pushing him into the corner, and he's all oiled up. He starts climbing the ropes. We're holding him back. And now, like, his package, his junk, is right in Jason's face. So Jason's, like, got an oil outline. Oh, my God. His face, and we're holding him back. And he's thinking, I hope nobody sees it. I hope nobody sees it. He looks, and the camera's, like, right there. With his oh, my God. There's just a so shadow. <laughs> that should be his profile picture, anything social media-wise. It's, that is awesome. Now, that is that's unbelievable. I mean, that's a great credit too. I mean, even as a you know, in entertainment, you got to do WWE. That's sick. Amazing. Oh yeah, walking down the the catwalk and coming into the thing, it was great. And then they even made us. We made cartoons out of us on um, not Family Guy. Well, what was the you know the black character they gave him? Cleveland, oh, Cleveland, Cleveland show. show. They yeah, we were cartoon car- 
cartoonized on uh, the Green yeah. Show. Wow. wow, that is awesome, man. That'd be uh, so funny yeah. if, if if Pete got a call, a 911 call, hey, there's a bank robbery. He's like, dude, I'm at a photo shoot. Leave me yeah. the fuck alone right now. <laughs> I'm doing a voiceover. <laughs> I'm doing a voiceover. <laughs> this shit. Um, did, did you ever, was there ever a, an issue between the entertainment and, and your duties as a police officer, which is your main occupation? Were there ever times where you're like, you know, I, I, I'd like to go on this audition, but uh, I, did it ever get kind of, was there ever interference or was it always you know, able I, to work out? I was lucky where I worked the entertainment detail. So we worked at night. I worked nine at night to 530 in the morning. So I had all day to go on auditions and go shoot things and do whatever I needed to do. Right. And then police are very flexible about getting days off. They have comp time build up and I could get off whenever I needed. So it was never a problem. Well, I got to ask you this: since you did, bo- since you straddled both lines, obviously as an accomplished uh, police officer in Chicago, and you've had your fill in entertainment, what is the most realistic interpretation of being a police officer that you've seen either in movie or um, or television? Mm, probably The Wire. The Wire was pretty good, you know. Right. Uh, if you had to say what's the most realistic, what's the closest? Mm-hmm. The Wire was pretty realistic. It was good. How about the shield? Is the shield pretty off? Because that's oh, a bunch. Sh- that's corrupt. It's a hundred times ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! The shield, Chicago Fire, Chicago. But so like Hollywoodized. It's and it's nowhere near what it's really like. Well, we got to ask you. And and how long has it? How how long have, were you a police officer? Twenty one years. Wow. Twenty one years. It's unbelievable. We got to ask you because we're we travel all the time. Right. We're both comedians. If we're getting pulled over by a police officer, what are the things you absolutely should not do and what should you do when you're getting pulled over? Well, it all depends on whether you're getting pulled over by a city cop or like a suburbanite cop or a state trooper. Oh, right? what are the differences there? have a lot to do in the suburbs and the, and the state police. They're, it's a, they're just a different kind of cop. They're doing their job. They have not as much to do where we can pick and choose what's important and what's not. But what I would say is anywhere you get pulled over, you want the best result. So turn the light on inside your car, Mm -hmm. put your hands on the steering wheel, put all your windows down. Don't make any crazy movements and just wait for the police officer. Now I've seen a rash of these videos by the way, of like people citing their constitutional rights, right, videotaping like, the police yeah, officer, yeah, yeah, like sure. saying it is my yeah. right not to give you that information. Right. It is my right not yeah. to give you my identification or, or whatnot. I mean, is that right? Or because I watch these videos, I find them very compelling. Because sometimes I think a cop will back down, other times the cop won't back down. I think it's dependent yeah. upon that mood or whatever. But what is the, I guess, the legal right? I mean. I've always thought that you got to put you, you if the officer asks for your identification you show them it is is that legally what is supposed to happen or is it is there some asterisk next to that Well driving is a privilege driving is not a right you have to earn that privilege by passing a driving test having insurance having a driver's license that's a privilege and in order to have that privilege you need to have those things you need to be able to produce those things and answer those questions if you're on foot, you might have a right. I mean, you still have to produce an identification if you're just walking down the sidewalk. So we're required to produce these things. And mm-hmm. if you don't have them, 
you know, I think those videos are just, you know, the cops in line, they're doing a road check, and now you get one smart ass who wants to cite the Constitution. Like, okay, guy, <laughs> come on, just go, you know? Right, get, right. Get to the next guy. I, I would also be worried too, Pete. Like if, like if I was the cop and I was I was walking up to a car, right, and all the windows are down, dome lights on, hands are on the wheel. I'm like, how many times has this guy been pulled over? Like obviously, <laughs> this guy knows the drill, right? Like I mean, this guy's ready to go. I mean, doesn't yeah, that seem? Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes you pull over a carload of gangbangers and they pull over. The windows go down and all the hands go out the window. <laughs> <laughs> the hands are out the window. Good the afternoon, officer. <laughs> These guys are getting pulled over multiple sure. times. Sure. Yeah. You know, they know to the drill. Too obvious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Toss the gun out the window. What? <laughs> like when you're, like when most cops are pulling over. Like you said, there's a difference between the state cop and the suburban and the city cop. Like, for the most part, if you're getting pulled over, what is the percentage of you getting a ticket? Obviously, you must have been going. Uh, you must have been exceeding the speed limit. So what are the chances you are going to get a ticket? Well, it's hard to say. I didn't really write many traffic tickets because I was an inner city policeman. So Mm -hmm. what I was doing was uh, looking for suspicious vehicles. Then you, then you find the violation as your, your reason to pull them over. Once you pull them over, you're looking for something more significant. Mm-hmm. And if there is nothing there, then you let them go and you give them a break on the whatever reason you pulled them over in the first place for. Right. But I would think that if you're courteous, if you're polite, if you do what the police officer says and you make him feel at ease right off the bat, you're most likely going to get a break. But when you come with this abrasive attitude, would you pull me over for and I'll hit you? The guy's gonna. You're forcing the guy into doing his job and and giving you the ticket that you deserve when he could have gave you a break. Right, right. Yeah, because what is the rule too? Like you always hear people saying, and obviously it's so much different when people are sitting around a bar drinking and telling you what they would have done or how they would have handled things differently. But like, like what is the rule if people say, "Did you know that when you get pulled over by a cop, you can basically tell them off and you can tell this person to." Go F themselves. You can this and that. There's nothing they can do. Like, is there any truth to that? Not that I would personally do that. I mean, I would be so nervous. Because, I mean, everybody just gets so nervous when they're pulled over. But, like, like what what legally can somebody do when they're pulled over? I mean, obviously, you know, they're, they're going to get the ticket if they just become this complete smartass. But, you know, yeah. it, legally, can somebody just read you the riot act? Can somebody do that and it's okay? Yeah, I guess they could say whatever they want to as long as they don't threaten you or, yeah, you know, when somebody threats you, gives you a threat, that's an assault. So as long as they don't assault you or say anything, I guess they could talk about your mom all they want or, you know, but but again, you're passing up your chance at getting a break. Right. Right. And uh, I mean, the rule of thumb is... uh... I th- and I've gotten pulled over quite a few times. I, I haven't in the last few years, but whenever I got pulled over, my father always said, he said, you always just agree with the officer and apologize because you probably were doing something wrong. You probably were speeding. And I found that like nine times out of ten, if I was speeding to get to a gig or a college or a university, when I did colleges a lot, i get pulled over. And I would just say, look, I'm really sorry. I wasn't paying attention. I'm not from the area. I really wasn't. And nine times out of ten, I always got out of the ticket. And I think, is the rule of thumb, if you're just super nice, would you say that some you might get the benefit of the doubt? Or is it just, you're, you're probably going to get a ticket? Or does being nice actually help? 
in most cases, I would imagine you're going to get a break. Be oh, wow. polite, make the guy's job easy, put him at ease, and explain, yeah, hey, you're right, I was wrong, I was speeding, I wasn't paying attention, or I'm in a hurry and I don't normally speed, but I, I'm sorry and it won't happen again. You should get a break nine out of ten times. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, that being said, there's always plenty of asshole cops, guys who are having a bad day, just caught their old lady cheating on them, that kind of thing. Right. And you're never going to get a break with them. But it could be ten times worse. You just want the best possible result out of every traffic stop, right? Of course. So if he's going to be an asshole, let him be the smallest asshole he's going to be. Or you might get a break. So just be cool with the guy. Yeah, but it's, we're all just humans, right? There's just a guy with a job. He's the same as a guy at Dunkin' Donuts making coffee. He's right. just doing his job. Right. But it's also interesting, too, because I've heard kind of on the opposite spectrum where, like, let's say you admit that you did this, right, Steve? And you, you said, mm -hmm. hey, I did this. I'm so sorry. And he maybe still cut you the ticket. Maybe a couple days go by and you say, I'm going to fight the ticket and hope he doesn't show up in court, right? Because obviously, Pete, if, if you fight the ticket and you go to court and the officer isn't there, they throw it out immediately, correct? Correct. So the problem becomes, and this is what I've understood, if you admit it, right, and you admit to doing it, mm -hmm. it's noted that you admitted to what the crime was or what the, the felony or misdemeanor was. Right. So if, if you don't agree to what was done and you just kind of sit there complacent, mm -hmm. then there's no there, there, there's no rebuttal, right? So obviously you're just sitting there. So if you go to court, then it's easier to fight it that way. But I don't know if that's necessarily true, Pete. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're dealing with a cop that's gonna get that technical and tricky on you, you aren't getting the break anyway. Oh, interesting. <laughs> right. Okay. You know? Yeah. And if, you, if the guys, if you're cool with the guy and you say, "Yeah, hey, you're right. I was wrong. I was speeding. I'm sorry," and then he comes to court and uses that against you, that guy's a fucking asshole, and you were going to get the ticket anyway. Oh, that's interesting. Because how often do, do they show up in court? Because here, again, just a silly, you know, this could be an urban legend, but I remember getting a ticket years ago, and you obviously can delay it, delay it, delay it so many times for up to like a year, I think. And when I when I finally went into court, probably a year after I got the ticket, the, the officer wasn't there. So whether it's a scheduling issue, because I think they schedule them on the days where the officer has the day off or can come in. Um, when I went in finally a year later, he wasn't there. So yeah. I wonder if that's truthful, where if you schedule it out enough, I mean, that could be just all BS too. That's absolutely an effective uh, strategy. And you see defense lawyers use that a lot too. They just keep the, keep dragging it on, dragging it on until the cops don't show up. Oh, wow. Um, you know, most policemen have a traffic court key, so they go one day a month and deal with all their traffic thing. Well, if you can't make it that day or you're doing something else or you're on vacation, you don't make it that day. And then everybody gets off, usually. So that's absolutely a way to, to get around tickets. Wow. I never knew Just that. keep delaying it. Because delay, But by the time I went in, it was a, literally a year later, and the judge announced certain people, and they said, uh, the officer isn't here. Your case has been dismissed. But but I also, Pete, I was, I was also wondering, what do you think about those billboards you see on the freeway of, like, you know, the, the ticket clinic? Or, I mean, do those work where those guys go in <laughs> and you pay them a fee? And you know what I mean? Do, uh, or is that all bullshit, too? Those are just lawyers who know the ins and the outs of the court system where they, like, drag it along. Or they'll go talk to the cop and be like, oh, is my client an asshole? Can you give him a break? They just know the ins and the outs where the guy who goes to court once every five years doesn't know it. So they figure out a way in and around the rules. 
Well, we're coming to a close, but I got to ask this before we leave. What what is what is one of your best, if not best, memory of being a Chicago City police officer? Is there is there one thing that that you look back on and say, you know, th- that that was a proud moment I had as a cop? Uh, well, here, being a policeman is about helping people, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about um, the car chases and the shootouts and all that stuff. That's all fun, but it's about helping people. So. Everybody has their worst day of their life. They get their wallet stolen. They get in a bad car accident. They get mugged. Something bad happens to you, and it's your worst day of your life. I, as a policeman, was fortunate enough to get to go and help people through their worst day. Right. I've seen it a thousand times, so I know what people need, what they want, how to help them through their worst day. And that's where I got my satisfaction. It could be as simple as giving somebody directions or giving advice where to eat, or right. helping a woman through a rape, or a shooting, or, you know, it, it just, it's, it all becomes the same thing. You're just helping people. That's all it's about. It really is amazing, the 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 plethora of emotions, and literally the, the minor scale of giving somebody directions to, like you said, helping somebody deal with a rape. It, it just, on a, on on an everyday basis, that's your occupation. And I, I you know, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to us. I, I really do. I, I, I really think it was insightful, but also to, to know the, <laughs> the incredible career you've had, not only as a cop, but also in entertainment and all the cool things you've gotten to do. Uh, you know, I've, I've always known you as, as just a stand-up guy, and thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Gary, do you have anything and, to say? And Pete, what are you up to now, now that you're, you've retired from the force and what, 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 uh, what, I'm sure you're working on a singing career. Getting ready to... uh, well, <laughs> He's in town for the Grammys. I got shot, and uh, so I had to retire. I lost oh, wow. my hand. So, uh, yeah, I'm focusing on acting and this and that. So, um, good and bad, you know. Oh, so it was a, uh, a an injury that happened while you were on duty. A guy was burglarizing my neighbor's house, and uh, they have two little girls, both under the age of 10. Um, I went on, I had to go out there. I helped the guy and he shot me once. I shot him four times and uh, I ended up losing my hand over it. But, uh, you know, they're safe. I'm safe. Wow. Everything worked out great. It's truly amazing because I think, you know, especially now with like the advent of like iPhones and everybody is puffing out their chest. Like I have the right to videotape this. I think, you know, there's a lot of times where police don't get, enough credit for all the great shit that they do. It's always yeah. like, hey, here's this one video that's going to go viral and let's 80 million people jump on it. But I think it's just like, you hear these stories and you're like, holy shit, I mean, these are the, the heroes of, yeah. you know, of everything good that's going on. And, you know, just like he said, from, you know, just directions and restaurants to, you know, helping a, a victim and his name, it's just like, it really is crazy. I just think, you know, I just hate seeing those videos. Like Pete was saying, you know, somebody pulls up to the, the car. It's like, hey, I'm videotaping this. This is my First Amendment right. It's like, shut up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just, it's over and over again. And then you hear these stories and you're just like, oh, wow. It's like, this is really what it's all about. It's great. Well, uh, Pete, like you yeah. said earlier, I think, you know, when, when you said, you know, it's just like any job. I think 90% of the people that work in any occupation are there to make a living and do their best for their families and whatnot and get through life. And then there's always going to be 10% of people, I think, that just 
are not happy and are assholes. And I think there are some asshole cops, but I think the majority are mm -hmm. great, upstanding guys that, like Pete, are just trying to do the right thing and help and do a service, right. for example, to that city yeah. or to the township or whatever. And, uh, and that's know, true with any job. I think, you know, you can go into a Taco Bell and there's that person there that really wants to help and really wants to make it to that next level and yeah. become a manager. And then there's the other guy who, you know, is jerking off into the sauce. <laughs> and I don't want to talk about my family anymore. <laughs> well, Pete, we cannot thank you. Yeah, for absolutely, Pete. Being one of the good guys, of course, and for your service and obviously what you did. And I know you're in an early retirement, but what a noble deed that you did and keeping that family safe, especially your neighbors. It's just it's amazing what you've done uh, thus far and will continue to do. And I cannot thank you enough as a friend, but also as someone who lived in Chicago. Yeah. Thank you for your for your duty and, to the city. Of Chicago. And Pete, do you still keep in touch with Jerry or Steve Wilkos? I do. Yeah, via text. That's awesome. They're, they're both really great guys. I love both of those guys. I had the chance. I worked on a, a show that Jerry Springer was hosting once. It was a, a dating show called Baggage. And I just remember meeting him. And mm. he's like this gentle soul. Like, he's just like so nice and so unassuming. And you're just like, wow, this guy. I have a friend that lives in Florida. And he, uh, uh, Jerry, because I guess Jerry lives down there, comes into his pizza place all the time. He's just the nicest guy. And it's just you just look at him and you're just like, oh, my God, this guy is just so such an iconic figure fixture in the TV world. It's just great. He's such a kind, gentle person, and he takes time out for every person that comes up to him. Oh, that's he nice like, to he's just such a nice guy. And what a great example. Like, every celebrity should be like Jerry. He's the greatest. Yeah. Well, continued success to you, my friend. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, and uh, we will talk soon. Thank you. Congratulations on your one-hour special. I can't wait to oh, see it. <laughs> thanks, bud. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Pete. Thanks, nice, pal. Well, that was great, Pete Kelly. Just, uh, just a great guy. Great, great guy. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you've ever met him, but he literally looks like that. There's a reason he works in the movies. He looks like every special forces character that you'd ever see in a movie. That you think just chiseled jaw, good looking guy, just you know, like did the complete he, opposite of us. We, we <laughs> did he come play whirly ball with us years ago? Because a bunch of the have. cops came. I remember yes, that. He was probably he part of that then, group. Yeah. But uh, I could talk to him for another two nice hours guy, about yeah. the Springer show. The Springer. Yeah, even, we'll have him talk again about Springer. I didn't even realize when you said that he was calling in. I didn't even realize he was connected to that world. I mean, yeah. that's just so crazy. And it, he's obviously was saying what a great boss Springer was. I mean, it would be so nice to have a boss that was just compassionate, paid for stuff. Unbelievable. I wonder. Whoa! Unbelievable. What a great guest. Great guest. Love him. And so I think the rule of thumb, like when we talked last week about the hotels, you talk about getting pulled over. The rule of thumb, just be nice. Yeah. You know, if you're nice, if you're courteous, you can get upgraded. If you're nice and courteous, sure. you get pulled over. If you don't go on the offensive or the defensive, you're just like, look, what I get pulled over for? What can we do? You know, whatever. Like he's saying, nine times out of ten, you'll probably get... You probably get out of it if you're out certainly, of a ticket it, if you're just uh, nice about and it. And it doesn't hurt. You know what I'm saying? Listen, being nice to people is just good karma in general. You know what I mean? It just doesn't it's it's never a bad thing to be nice to people. Absolutely. Well yeah. and on that, I'm very excited that uh, I don't think your special is gonna do that well. Jesus, Did buy that's yet? how you end this? <laughs> My God. That's how you nice. end the taping of the podcast? I don't <laughs> think your hour is gonna do great. You were there. And this That's is the what complete I mean. opposite of what you said in the green room after you fucking asshole. My God. I was just saying it's very it's 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 important to be nice to people.
Oh, yeah. you are the worst. Your calendar is dead in February. Shut the f- I'm taking time <laughs> off to be with my family. So, at Canon Comedy, <laughs> at Steve Barn Live, write to us. Let us know yeah. what, what is your occupation and would you discuss it with us? And we'd love to delve into it and get to know uh, what could be the benefit. Yeah. So how could that benefit us as consumers, as just Joe Schmo, yeah. getting through life? What are the nooks and crannies that we can get into Love to where do we it. can save ourselves a few bucks or maybe yep. get some upgrades or whatever? So uh, let us know. Thank you for listening to the Gentleman's Dojo. Gary, anything to end of the show? No. On? It, by, by the way, if there's a, a guest somebody wants us to have on, we're more than willing to listen to that. That'd be great. And, uh, yeah, just switching things up. like to see where it's going. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs>